Hello, everybody. I'm Clay Breeze, and it's showtime here again in Birch County. Welcome back to our show, The Point. Every Saturday morning right here on AM Radio 1180 WFYL. You tune in every Saturday morning at 7 a.m. because you know we are an oasis of truth. You've identified us five years ago as an oasis of truth, a guidepost for truth seekers. So you've tuned in every Saturday morning listening for our truth-telling as we bring it to you at the speed of sound every week on this global warming february we all got to be mighty thankful for that as well it's very healthy to have a february where the temperature doesn't dip below 45 degrees however listen to the global warmest extremists and the cretins that support colder air in our homes and and warm air in our homes in the summertime those those cretins that want to wish the worst on us uh they're not very happy about this february but the most of us are and we're appreciative of you all tuning into us so thanks for being with us today we have a whole lot to talk about we've got what's going on that train derailment that oh biden just figured out we had going on i guess he woke up from a sleep and figured out oh my goodness donald trump's in eastern ohio i got to figure out what's going on we got that to talk about we also want to talk about how the biden administration has now officially cleared the ukraine of misusing u.s financial aid i'm really happy that he has now declared that as now we all can have the utmost confidence that the that the uh, the man that's right now in charge of the uh, dementia ward right now in one of the local hospitals in D.C. is now confirming that we are not misusing U, uh, U.S. financial aid. Uh, we also had Janet Yellen, I thought was interesting. I want to get into that a little bit. Janet Yellen is talking about how we will be and she's our treasury secretary by the way so we all know who she is she has now been elevated by the obiden the obiden uh, dementia team and she's elevated she's been elevated by them and uh to be the expert on the ukraine so she's weighed in now and she's declaring that our support for ukraine will be lasting and is unconditional boy that is very reassuring also listening to the nato leaders comparing uh the Ukrainian war and then and the upcoming World War Three as the new Harry Potter and Marvel movie. Uh, we've got some of that to talk about. Folks, there's a lot going on there. Um, I do want to get into that and I but at first I, I, I also and I also want to talk a little bit about what's going on with the uh what's going on with the Pfizer. We actually had uh we actually had Ronnie Jackson uh, getting on Pfizer because of their denial of gain of function. I want to get into that too on the virus, the Chinese virus or the virus of China. I want to get into that as well. Um, and but I do want to get into this this train derailment. I, I think what's really interesting, we all know what happened when Rip Van Winkle woke up from a long sleep. He really didn't realize how long he was out. Well, I guess so. Biden, uh, suddenly woke up and realized, oh my goodness, Trump, America first, is in Eastern Ohio. So Trump goes to Eastern Ohio to, to reassure the community that that all is not lost and the light is at the end of the tunnel. But oh, Biden uh, didn't realize, I guess, it was a train derailment there because, I mean, nothing really was happening by the U.S. government. So then after Trump leaves, he calls, uh, he calls uh, Newman uh, from Mad Magazine and he runs down there and he says, what do you need me to do, Joe? And Joe says, I need you to go down there and find out what's going on. I hear there's a train derailed down there with some chemical spills. So, you know, they send the most the, the most qualified person down there, obviously, to to assist and make sure that the uh, that they're going to reassure the community that the, the government is here and it's here to help. OK, so they're going to go out there and give their government reassurances to the community. So they're going to send this uh, this this, um, you know, this Pete Buttigieg down there. And Pete goes down there, and of course, he doesn't, you know, he's not really meeting people, or he's not really telling people what's going on. I mean, he's, you know, he's he's basically just there for a photo op, okay? So we we know because we've actually listened to what happened. We listened to the people that described what happened on the train derailment, and train, the train calamity and disaster that took place. We understand it was... A mechanical failure that could have been caught by the operators of the train we know that but pete Buttigieg didn't know that or at least pete Buttigieg didn't want to know that so what what happens when these profane uh 
these profane people that really have lost all sense of, of, of objectivity, okay? They have no sensibility left in their heads. Like when you are an individual with very little brain like people who judge or Joe O'Biden or some of the other communist Democrats who are trying to figure out, oh, well, they're not there because of merit. They're there because of mediocrity, okay? Uh, they're, the, they're what a, a mediocracy looks like, okay? You don't put the most competent people in charge of the Department of Transportation. You put Pete Buttigieg in there for the reasons being what, what Joe Biden selected, okay, whatever they may be. But the bottom line is, folks, he's not the most competent person, as was on full display when he was in Ohio. So he's over there talking about how we need more government intervention and more government regulation. So he went off on Trump. He tries to make the claim that, you know, like, uh, well, Trump, you— regulated things and ruined got rid of all the government interference in business and here we go and this is what happens so he's going to blame a train derailment on government not having enough enough regulations he's not going to blame it on the malfunctions that occurred because of the human error <clears throat> now make no mistake about it we know what happened in that sense okay and so does it the so does it the uh, the National Transportation Secretary Board Chairperson Jennifer Almond. She knows what happened too. Okay, they know what happened. Okay, so they looked at the electronically controlled pneumatic braking for a number of years, and they did some testing as well. They they talked about it. Okay, they said that they could improve safety. They said, okay, well, yeah, they these brakes can improve safety. They can, and they do. Okay. But for this particular derailment, these brakes would not have prevented the, the derailment. She come right out and said it. So what they're trying to make a claim is that these that these certain pneumatic brakes would have been better. And she's saying, no, they wouldn't have because the wheel bearing failed on car number 23. So even with these brakes, the derailment would have occurred. This is what Buttigieg doesn't understand. Okay, she, he doesn't understand that the fire still would have ensued. And that the five vinyl chloride tank cars would still have to be vented and burned. She doesn't, he doesn't realize that. Now, maybe he doesn't realize it again because he's got limited intellect, okay? Limited ability. I mean, he's, he, he is part of the trophy generation that basically got any trophy for participation. He's used to participation trophies, participation awards, uh, awards for trying really hard awards for good attitude, whereas people like, well, most of us in the uh, meritocracy of the world, we're used to being rewarded for good performance. We're used to being rewarded and, and for, for achievement, okay, and innovation and incentive. There are people that are used to that, but not, not Joe O'Biden. Joe O'Biden put Pete Buttigieg in here because he wanted nothing better than mediocre, okay? Oh, Biden, and, and I mean, you look at Mayorkas, he's another glaring example of mediocrity, okay? <clears throat> Mayorkas or incompetency on full display there. But 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 you, you've got all these people that are incompetent. So Buttigieg, again, goes out to Ohio, and he starts talking about we need the need for more government regulations. And then you've got the, uh, the National Transportation Safety Board chairwoman, Jennifer Hamidi, saying, what's going on here? What's going on here? See, who am I going to listen to? So I'm going to listen to her because she's more of an expert on it. <clears throat> I'm not going to listen to Pete Buttigieg talk about how we need more government intervention and more government regulations. I'm going to listen to this person tell me this. This expert tell me that the brakes would the that these uh, these certain these certain brakes these electronically controlled pneumatic brakes would not have prevented the derailment. So you got so many governments saying that this would have prevented. What we needed to do was put these pneumatic brakes on these cars because it would be safer. Well, as she said, well, they are improving safety. They definitely would improve safety. But in this particular case, no, no. Because she talked about the wheel bearings that caught on fire. This is what people don't want to talk about. This is what Biden missed. See, this is what happens when you sleep through the entire game. This is what happens at the end of the game. You're waiting for the highlights so you can figure out what went on during the game. So Biden slept through all of this. He wakes up, he sees Trump and over there, Trump over there in East Ohio, and and he goes, Oh my goodness, what's Trump doing in East Ohio? Oh my goodness, a trade derailment. Oh my goodness, the 
The birds are dying. Oh my goodness, the earthworms are dying. What's going on in eastern Ohio? And he figures out there was a trade derailment. And then he sends Pete Buttigieg down there, a man of very little brain, goes down there and uh, sends another man of very little brain down there. And he uh, basically goes down there and says, it's evidence, it's evidence to me that we need more we need more government regulations. So he's out there trying to make his case to the judge and jury, which is the American people, which is people like us. And we're looking at Pete Buttigieg and says, you know, your, your incompetency is why we're here. It's people like you that believe that don't that don't listen to the real experts who tell us what would have made what well what happened and what would have prevented it. You see, what they could have done, what they could have done was maybe reduce the da- the damage where a couple of cars could have remained on the tracks. But the bottom line is that she said, okay, this was going to happen because those wheelbarrows caught on fire, and I think. You know, that's really what it comes back to, is that we have to understand what causes the fire. And we have to understand, when we when we listen to fake experts who don't know anything, okay, then, then we, we end up buying into a narrative. What it comes down to is, the experts say that those bar- those breaks wouldn't have done anything. So Pete Buttigieg and Joe O'Biden, they need to uh, listen to the experts, and maybe, maybe Joe O'Biden needs to hire people smarter than him, Okay. He probably needs to bring in people smarter than a fifth grader. I want to talk a little bit about O'Biden, though, clearing the Ukraine of misusing financial aid. You know, there was a lot of us that were concerned about the the hundreds of billions of dollars that were being spent already in the uh, Ukraine and all this aid that we've been given to Ukraine. And uh, I mean, a lot of us were, okay? We've given over $100 billion of military and humanitarian aid to the Ukraine. Uh, since the war started, of you know, since the two-week war, the two-week war started over a year ago. Okay, I want to point that out too. This was supposed to be a two-week war, and it's been over a year now. And I also want to point out that it was oh, Biden and his minions which provoked Putin. Now, Putin did do the did do the deed. He did invade, and he did do all of this horrible stuff. But he was goaded into it. What's really interesting is, I mean, how he was going into it was, and we can we can remember because we can go back in history. We actually have history where we can go back and listen to it. But oh, Biden said that a slight incursion would not be a big deal. Now I'm kind of paraphrasing it, but he did say a slight incursion. Those were his words. And I want us to understand what Putin probably understood a slight incursion to be. Maybe he said it's the Donbass region. Okay, so I guess he's giving me a kind of a wink and a nod that the Donbass region would be okay. So he gets that, and then Communista Harris goes over there. Word Salad Harris goes over there. She starts talking about how wonderful it's going to be for the Ukraine to get into NATO. So if 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 the first thing didn't push Putin over the top, the second one would. And so what did Putin do is Putin goes in there with 100,000 troops. They go through there with their tanks and other things. And they stormed on to Kiev. It was like a blitzkrieg to Kiev, okay? And they figured it would all be over in two weeks. Well, here we are a year later, and a hundred billion dollars or more military more than a hundred billion dollars of military and humanitarian aid has been given to the Ukraine since the start of the war. And there was a lot of there was a lot of concern. A lot of people were very, very concerned that uh, you know, that the Ukraine's long history of corruption, okay. Uh, that was going was to be a problem, okay? That it's checks and balances and the rule of law and the integrity of the officials were uh, basically uh, in question. So, O'Biden had to address it, and I'm so glad he did because, I mean, he, he lends so much confidence to people like us. So, what he does is he sends, uh, you know, he sends Samantha Power, which I think is interesting. Uh, he sends her out, Samantha Power, in front of St. Michael's uh, uh church of monastery in kiev and uh you know but but he sends her out there i mean uh, there was a photo of her over there in kiev but she basically sent her out she makes a point to tell everybody don't worry uh her assurances came just you know she gives us all assurances that the white house uh and this basically uh she kind of she she kind of came out before the white house came out so she comes out she says oh yeah we're everything's a-okay here and then, of course, the White House comes out and gives it gives it his thumbs up as well. Um, you know, I, I you know she's the administrator of the U.S. Agency for International Development, so that's what she does now. 
Uh, it's called USAID, okay? And, it, you know, she's given the public affirmation uh, during a town hall uh, a couple of days ago. And, uh, you know, she gave her assurances that everything was a-okay. Now, because of that, I guess we all have peace of mind. The problem is I don't trust the government very much. That's what I is. That's my issue here. I mean, these are the same people that created evidence, okay? Uh, they actually, they created their own fake evidence to get a FISA warrant, okay? Remember, these are the same people. These are the same people. These are the same people. So, so I mean, what, what, are they, what are they trying to do? The military-industrial complex is driving this. This is what's happening. Okay, that's what's happening right now. You've got the military-industrial complex. You've got, you got O'Biden deciding to send tanks to the Ukraine. You know, and, 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 and we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, but the tanks going into the Ukraine is pretty significant because what you're seeing is you've got these tanks and they don't have the people that operate the tanks. So the tanks are going over there, these these awesome tanks that we have, these Abrams tanks, but and they're training these Ukrainian soldiers for six weeks on these tanks to understand what what's each switch and lever maneuvers on the tank. The problem with all of this is that the actual operation of the tank, the actual operation of the tank in a battle situation is best, it results best when you have an individual in the tank, the three-man tank or whatever the crew, is an experienced tank crew that knows what to do in the event of, of a battle situation. In other words, the instincts and reactions are, and, and, and you know, they're, they're all there in, in, in one package and that soldier that's commanding all this. So the instincts are real and they're correct. And the, and the decisions that the, the on the spot instant decisions are the correct decisions. Because in a battle situation, you're not referring to a manual on how a tank operates. So the bottom line is they put these tanks over there. And they want to talk about how the Ukraine doesn't have tanks. Well, they do have tanks. So why do we put tanks over there? So what we did was, uh, I guess we had, uh, I guess CNN, uh, certainly not the news, had National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan. We all know who he is. He's part of the Russia, Russia, Russia collusion hoax. So he was part of that. So what do you do with people like that? Well, why don't we promote them to National Security Advisor? So this is the guy who's in charge of national security. You got, our listeners need to remember that O'Biden oh, put a guy in charge who, you know, who it's not beneath him to lie. It's not beneath him to, to create a phony scenario. We watched what happened with the Russian collusion and the, the phony Trump dossier. I mean, this guy was, was, was kind of a part of all of that. Uh, I mean, he was all part of it. But anyway, he, he stammered. I don't know to what extent, but he was in on it. He was at least in the knowledge because Jake Sullivan was in on uh, the Obama administration when O'Biden was with Obama, when Trump came in and took over. So Sullivan was all part of this. He was part of the outgoing regime, and they knew what was going on with Flynn and the rest. And I don't really want to get into all of that right now, but I just want to point that out. So, you know, what they did was they made him the National Security Advisor now. So he's overseeing all this in the Ukraine, and he's giving us trying to extol confidence that O'Biden uh was uh advised that the by the military that the Abrams tanks would be of massive help and make sense for that war. So I thought it was interesting. So all right, let's listen to Jake Sullivan. He's an expert on this. Okay, he's an expert. All right, let's make sure that we get those tanks that they make sense, he says. Well if he says they make sense, I guess they make sense. I just think that as as an objective observer, I'm wondering who's going to be operating those tanks. People that had a crash course in six weeks or uh, experienced tank crews. Okay, experienced tank crews. That's what we got to ask ourselves. They are they are changing the scope of the war. Right now, you've got Americans that are seeing this war as a stalemate. About half Americans see this as a stalemate. Whereas four out of ten saw it as a, problem, a stalemate in, in December. You got almost half now. So with, with the public opinions waning right right now because it's waning they see this they see public approval waning so mcconnell because he wants to protect the military industrial complex miss mcconnell comes out and says well he's going to make a declaration that's going to support o'biden's war effort see o'biden this is o'biden's war and miss mcconnell supports it because of his support for the military industrial complex so he's out there 
uh, claiming that the American safety dependent is dependent on Ukraine's border security. So basically, he's saying our safety is dependent on Ukraine's border security. I think that's very interesting. I would have said that our safety is dependent on our border security, but I don't know how our I don't know how our safety is dependent on Ukraine's border security. I think it was what he's doing is he's trying to play a play on words here with with America first Trumplicans. That's what he's doing. And so he's basically in Finland. He was in Finland last week talking about ending uh, his, you know, basically uh, ending his taxpayer-funded European tour, okay, all-expense-paid tour. And he says, you know, uh, the strongest uh, the strongest nation on earth, the United States, is dependent on Ukraine, a non-NATO nation, for security. I thought that was, yeah, that's what I thought was interesting. So here we are, the strongest nation on planet Earth, but we are so dependent on Ukraine, who, by the way, is a non-NATO nation for its security, for our security. I think that's interesting. <clears throat> what he's doing is he's trying to play out Republicans, right? You know, he's basically saying, uh, you know, that it's 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 not an act of charity to the United States and our NATO allies that support the Ukrainian Ukraine self-defense. He says it's a direct investment in our own core national interest. Okay. Well, I don't see that. And I what I see is the looming World War III coming down the pike. I see us poking a Russian bear that has a whole lot of military ability and nuclear weapons at its disposal. I see us trying to rekindle the Cold War again. I see us trying to help the Russian leader, Putin, uh, solidify the Russian people's support for the war. So... What they're doing in these declarations, this is what, this is a perspective, folks. You're not going to get anywhere else. So tune in here. Listen, hear me close on this. What's happening is you're seeing people like O'Biden and Jake Sullivan and now McConnell that are leading the charge and trying to rally the Russian people to support the Ukrainian war. See, they want the Russian people to support the war in Russia. Why is that important? Well, when we make declarations like like the Ukrainian self-defense is in our best interest, that's going to motivate the Russian people. And so, I mean, this isn't going to do anything for us, but what it does do is it solidifies the Russian people behind Putin. See, what the Russian people are seeing right now is they're seeing that the NATO, the aggressive NATO West, backed by America, okay, is now declaring that Ukraine's defense is in its best interest, its own safety's interest. I don't, I mean, there is no link there with the Ukraine and us, folks. There isn't. Don't let anybody try to convince you of it. This is their support of the military industrial complex. They want a war here. <clears throat> These people want a war. I don't know why, but they do. And they want to maintain this stalemate as long as they can. And they want it to escalate if possible. Now, they're not, they're, they're, look, they're not looking for nuclear destruction. I believe, though, because I believe, and when you look in the Bible and you understand people and you understand what makes people who they are, <laughs> because when you understand, okay, what actually, you know, what causes people to, to lose sight of common sense, okay, Look, as a result of natural causes and early upbringing, they all have particular, people have particular temperaments, okay? Natural causes come together to make a, a pattern in people's lives, if you will, okay? Like a beautiful sunset, okay? But one thing you have to understand is the reality of evil blinding people. In other words, people that once saw objective truth that no longer see it. Why is that? The Bible talks about that. And we can know as Christians, okay, that these people have have basically lost their common sense. They they are they have a reprobate mind which doesn't recognize sensibility. When you have people like McConnell making a declaration like this, what he's doing is he's trying to he actually believes that prolonging the war is gonna help these investments, because we went four years without a war with Trump. Remember that. When four years out of war with Trump, all of a sudden we're back in a war with O'Biden and these and these incompetence in place. 
And they're trying to, uh, whatever the reasons are, trying to basically prolong the war. And I don't think they're trying to promote nuclear annihilation. But if they prolong the... The Russians right now are trying to settle this with the Ukraine. They're trying to get this settled behind the scenes. But the Americans are not allowing this to happen. And what they're actually doing in their actions and the effect that this is going to have when people like McConnell comes out making statements is they're going to provoke the Russian people and make them actually want to support a longer war. Because there's, they, they know that they don't want NATO in the West interfering with Russian policies. So they're going to stoke the embers of nationalism in Russia. Don't miss that. And I guess that's what they're trying to do here. And you've got Democrat representatives and other, you know, anti-Trump Republicans that are trying to say America first, Republicans want to cut and run in Ukraine. Now, this is after we cut and ran. <clears throat> we actually cut and ran in, in Afghanistan. Remember that, folks? We can all remember the surrender in Afghanistan, right? This is what happened. We surrendered in, the, in Afghanistan. We gave them about $80 billion worth of armament. We gave off that. We gave off the Bagram Air Force Base, which was a state-of-the-art Air Force Base. And we released about 5,000 deadly prisoners that were in that prison over there. So we did all that in terms of the surrender. Okay. So now we got these same people saying, oh, okay, well, after the cut and run in Afghanistan that we did, why don't we blame Trump for the wanting to cut and run over here in the Ukraine? There's a big difference in, in Afghanistan and the Taliban fighting them or fighting the Russians. You see, the Taliban in Afghanistan are not going to threaten the world with nuclear holocaust. But the Russians have the ability to do that. So by, pro by prolonging a war in Russia, we're, we're, we're prolonging the opportunity for these people to destroy the planet. In other words, for things to escalate beyond control. Okay. And I, I just think it's, it's I mean, it's a, it's amazing that they're making these these claims. OK, and because because what you have is you've got Vladimir Putin wanting to end this. OK, but but they're not letting it happen. That's what's happening. I mean, they're saying that Vladimir Putin would never leave the Ukraine without keeping something. So, you know, what they're saying is, well, I mean, they should be negotiating this with the Ukraine. This is for the Ukraine and the Russia to negotiate. That's what they need to do, not us. But we need to provide the leadership to let that happen. What we need is global leadership. We need leadership in this country, okay, that would bring up about peace over there and, and stability with the nuclear weapons that are over there, okay? That's what we should be doing. Because, I mean, what you're seeing right now is you're seeing China's watching. China's watching very closely what's happening. Are we going to stand with Taiwan or not? Now, the bottom line is China's watching this, but China's also watching how we're handling this. And I'm telling you, this right, right now, look, I am telling you, look, unpredictability can be a big, a big foreign policy advantage if they don't know how you're going to react. I remember somebody said that one time, unpredictability is very important. So when you actually have someone in the White House like Trump that is not predictable, then you don't see people provoking him because they don't want to know. I mean, remember Trump took that 5,000-pound bomb and just, you know, blew up some, uh, remember he dropped that bomb out there and, 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 you know, in Afghanistan, threw it down there on the ground and everybody went, oh my goodness. I mean, it was right after he dropped that bomb that everything quieted down. Remember that? We all remember that when he took out Soleimani over there in, in Iran. We all remember what happened there, too. I mean, Trump's unpredictability really became a problem. And, uh, you know, I mean, and, and for them, they couldn't they could, they couldn't figure him out. So I wanted to talk a little bit about Janet Yellen. Now, Janet Yellen is our Treasury Secretary, okay? Uh, she was with Obama, and now she's with O'Biden. And uh, she was on Morning Joe, who used to be a Republican, or at least in name only. And now he's, well, now he's got his own TV show. And he doesn't have a whole lot watching it, but he does have some, uh, you know, he's out there talking to Janet Yellen. And, and, she, and he says, look, Janet Yellen, who's now the Treasury Secretary, is now also the expert, okay, on the foreign war in, you know, in, in Ukraine. 
So he says, so tell me a little bit about what's your opinion on the Ukraine. After all, why have a real expert on here when you can have Janet Yellen, right? Let's have Janet Yellen. So Janet Yellen comes out. She's going to say, our support for Ukraine is not only going to be lasting, but it's going to be unconditional. So when you wonder who's leading this war in the Ukraine, you wonder, is it Janet Yellen? Okay. Is it is it Janet Yellen? She says, let me make clear the U.S. and the allies and our support for Ukraine will be unconditional and lasting. We stand and we want to support. Folks, this is they're, they're, they're escalating this war. They're increasing it. Why are they doing this? You know, why are they doing this? Because they know, and they want it to increase because they know if it ends, that uh, I think they're going to try to use this war to win an election next year, personally. I don't know. Maybe they think it's going to. They The, the American people are not behind it. That's the problem. They're really not behind it. I mean, I think people really don't understand how close we're going to get to World War III if we stay in it. Okay, no one's talking about it. What's amazing to me is all these experts, no one's talking about it. You got you got Scarborough on here, okay, and, and Morning Joe, and you'd think he'd be asking, okay, with Mika, you think you'd, you'd think they'd be asking, you know, the expert yelling, okay, uh, you think they'd be asking her, you know, what about World War Three? Where are we at on that? I'd like to hear what Yellen has to say about that. You know, I mean, do you think this is going to help prevent a World War Three? I mean, is World War Three inevitable because we are going over there, or is it inevitable if we don't go to the Ukraine? Where are we at on that? You know, it takes two to fight. You know, when you understand, you got to realize, you know, you have you have two people that have to have the desire to fight when one person doesn't want to fight and they they port and they project strength instead then the one that wants to fight is going to have to go up against the powerhouse and the strength but if you're in the mix with them and you're 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 mixing it up with them and you're provoking these people you may bring the worst out of them i mean there's anything else i mean you can stand up to a bully and that's all fine and well but don't you don't get into the mix with them and when you can avoid the fight think of it like that i mean if you were sitting on a on a on a on a six jury or a nine jury panel, and you were there and you were watching a person that was uh, you know that was being charged with a fatal with with a you know like a I don't know an accidental homicide or something because he was in a fight with somebody who ended up hitting their head on the curb and dying or something. So that person's going to be asked the question. There's going to be a lot of case around whether or not it was necessary for that person to be there and fight in the first place. And if it can be proven by the, you know, by the by the uh, by the state that that person is guilty uh, for of a wrongful homicide, uh, you know, being guilty of being able to avoid the scenario in the first place, that person is going to do jail time. Any attorney knows that. Okay, the defense attorneys are trying to say, well, you know, they're just defending themselves, and this is what happened. The guy hit his head, but the state is going to be saying he could have avoided it. And he not got involved in the first place. Think about it like that, and and don't miss that. The same premise holds true in a in the situation that's going on in the Ukraine. I am I am one hundred percent telling you. We as a society need to understand how close we're getting to World War Three. I mean, we're provoking these people, okay? And you even have NATO leaders now comparing the Ukraine war to Harry Potter and Star Wars and Marvel movies. That's right. Okay, I mean, it's, it, they're they're basically posting. NATO leaders are posting on social media comparing this war against Russia as a struggle comparable to the likes of Harry Potter. I'm not kidding you. This is what was going on just the day before the one year anniversary of the two week war. Okay, the two week war in Russia. Remember, this is supposed to be a two week war. Okay, we remember how how oh, Biden was provoked Putin into it. And of course, Cummings to Harris did. But anyway, one year after the one year anniversary of the two week Russian invasion, it was supposed to take two weeks, okay? Uh, the official Twitter account for the NATO Military Alliance, I guess they have a Twitter account now, is now under criticism for a post that basically said that Ukraine is hosting one of the great epics of this century and compared the war to Hollywood movies. That's exactly what happened. These people live in a fairy tale. You know, I want our listeners to realize in the universe we have three dimensions. In any in any space, if you're in the middle of space, okay, you can only go 
three different ways. You can go forward and backwards. You can go up or down or right to left. Okay. Those are three dimensions. So when you have an item that is two dimensional, basically it's, 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 it's a picture on a piece of paper. Okay. And that's it. That's a two dimensional item. Three dimensional is when it comes off the paper, like a, like a, like a cube. Okay. Like a dice. Okay. Like a six sided, uh, dice. Okay. Or a cube. The bottom line is what you're seeing right now is you're, you're seeing this. You don't see the third dimension. What you're seeing is a fifth dimension. You're seeing these people that can't think objectively actually trying to, to declare that this war is akin to Harry Potter and, and, you know, the movies over here and Han Solo and Star Wars and all this blowing up the Death Star and all this other stuff. This is what is amazing. You actually have people saying this. These people live in a fantasy world. They're playing video games. I cannot believe that the NATO leadership is doing that. Who's leading NATO? Remember I was saying earlier in our show here, if we had global leadership, we would get us out of this war. What we have right now in NATO is leaders that believe that this is comparable to Hollywood movies. Now, how in the world is that kind of incompetent leadership going to get us out of this war? How are those incompetent leaders going to get us out of this World War III potential? This is a metaphorical caricature, Your Honor. This is Exhibit A of the level of incompetence that's in the world right now, leading the world in the superpowers. When you have the official Twitter account for NATO, okay, okay, having a post that is basically comparing the Ukraine-Russian war as one of the great epics of this century and comparing it to Hollywood movies. Folks, that is very disconcerting. Very, very troubling, okay? Because these are the leaders that are basically trying to get us into a World War III because they see this as a Hollywood epic film. All right, they see all of this as an epic film. This is amazing to me. This is it. I was asked a question about what kind of public policy and what kind of leadership can incompetent people provide. I think this is very much it. You got people that don't know, they wouldn't know what objective truth was if it bit them in the nose. These people are missing this, folks. They probably need to spend some time in those Ukraine trenches or maybe spend some time with the Ukraine front force and find out exactly what they're up against. There's a reason that they're bogged down in trench warfare. You realize trench warfare, World War One, is what brought on the Spanish flu, the Spanish F the the influenza of 1918, which killed millions and millions of people, that occurred because of the trench warfare and the bacterial sludge that was pr produced in these trench wars and these trenches. Here we are now in trench warfare again, which is which is a, basically a breeding ground for germs and influenza viruses and everything else. Okay, they're living in this in this squalor. Okay, and and this is what they're you know this is what's happening right now. And the people that lead NATO, the people that lead the free world, are posting that this is sort of like a Marvel movie franchise, this war. I mean, look, the idea of comparing this war, which has claimed thousands of lives, seen widespread destruction, and destabilized the world's food and energy supplies. Don't miss that, folks. All of the calamity that came down from this war. The very notion of comparing this war to fictional characters, okay, I mean, this this is unbelievable to me. I mean, this is beyond the pale. This is beyond the pale. I mean, we're being forced into a war, a third world war by people who write tweets like this. Make no mistake about it. This is the level of competency right now. And this is what we voted for, I guess, as a country. We voted for this level of competency. Look what we did here in Pennsylvania, voting for, we voted for, you know, John Fetterman, okay, who had a, a massive stroke and had, he, I had obvious brain damage from it. And now he's, I guess, suffering from depression. Uh, I mean, he was put into this thing. I mean, we were calling it, I said it on, on BCTV election night coverage that this was sort of like uh, elder abuse by his loved ones putting him into this, his wife putting him into this because she wanted the power of being in the Senate. I mean, I don't know. It's really weird. But he was put into this thing. I don't. I mean, someone that has no mental faculties or who has impaired mental faculties 
should not be running for the U.S. Senate. Probably should not be driving a car when you've had a stroke like that, let alone running for the Senate. So why did he run for the Senate? Because he was pushed into it by people behind him. That's what happened. So he gets into the Senate, he gets over there, and now he's suffering from depression. Folks, COVID has a way of breaking people down in a way that only, oh, I mean, it's happening. We see it. And, you know, we all know, and, and now we know that the vaccination, the people that actually had vaccinations, okay, are really suffering from this thing, okay? We see that as well. I mean, we actually, we know this was a, we know this was a created virus, okay? I mean, Pfizer right now is denying any, what's interesting is Ronnie Jackson was, was Trump's position. I think it's interesting. He knows all about this. He was blasting Pfizer. But for denying gain of function, he called for an investigation into Pfizer because of their unethical gain of function research. And for our listeners to understand, what is gain of function? That is when you're doing biological research on a virus to try to get the virus to be able to shift from animals to people or from people to animals or from birds to animals to people. They're basically trying to get a virus to to be able to be spread more effectively, okay, as well as uh, avoid the natural immunities that our bodies create. So the gain of function is a way that, a, a, a you know, a, a manufactured virus, okay, uh, usurps the natural defenses and basically uh, the 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 uh, the barriers, the natural barriers that are created between human beings and animals and birds and so forth. So you actually have people that are studying this, okay, in virology labs. It's called gain of function. We don't fund that sort of thing, okay? Our government is on, on record, and it's the law that says we do not provide funding for gain of function research. We don't. But I guess we were doing this behind the scenes because Ronnie Jackson lit Pfizer up for this, okay? And uh, he says Pfizer's response was woefully inadequate it continues to show that Big Pharma is prioritizing its profits over the safety of the American public. Now, Big Pharma is prioritizing its profits. I was saying on this show, and we were saying on this show for a long time, for two years, that the big push on on the uh, vaccination nation that was going on, the big push on that was for the pursuit of profit. It was for the pursuit of profit, okay? Well, Exhibit A, Your Honor, Exhibit A that I will rest my case on was the very first quarter that Pfizer produced a profit. Now, this is a quarter, a quarter when they're four quarters a year. So in one quarter, Pfizer produced, okay, a 45 or 50 billion, with a B, dollar profit. This is one pharmaceutical company. So, yes, they're prioritizing their profits over the safety of the American public. This gain of function was a big deal with that. It was this type of research which enabled the Chinese to produce their virus. That's what we're all learning. And I think what's interesting is Pfizer's response is like a month or so late. And, you know, basically, that's, I mean, I mean, it was Roddy Jackson that called these people out for this. Now, again, he was a physician and a subcommittee member of the coronavirus pandemic. So he sends a letter, a letter to Pfizer in January demanding answers uh, on, on this gain of function. He, and he got no real answer for it. I mean, Pfizer's letter, which was exclusively uh, put together, basically said, to be clear, we do not and never would engage in research greater or adapt viruses with the intention of making them more contagious than harmful of people. Well, that's what they said. Well, we have evidence that shows the difference. And this is what I think is interesting. In the ongoing development of the COVID-19 vaccination, Pfizer has not conducted gain-of-function research. Okay. No, what they did do is they participated in a, in a widespread uh, laboratory test. That's what that whole thing was. But anyway, I mean, Pfizer failed to clarify details surrounding the claims that it did conduct gain-of-function research. And, I mean, basically... Uh, you know, this is this is among other things. Uh, Pfizer clearly, well, I should say Pfizer, uh, no knew the difference between directed evolution and gain of function research. I remember there was a person that uh, I can't remember exactly who it was that uh, 
that Rand Paul was was hammering on that, and he said, and oh, it was Fauci when he hit Fauci on this, and he said, Nancy, Anthony Fauci said, you don't know what you're talking about. He says, I do know what I'm talking about with gain of function. You're basically when you're wanting when you're wanting to develop a virus that goes from species to species, that's gain of function research. And Fauci denied it. Fauci denied it. Well, here you have the big farmer doing it right now. And you know, I mean, I'm a, I mean, we all believe the American people have the right to know. And this is where I'm at on all this. I mean, this is what it is. I mean, it was a Project Veritas video that basically showed uh, and it prompted uh, pro- prompted uh, Ronnie Jackson on this anyway, where uh, I guess it was a Pfizer Director of Research and Development and Strategic Operations and uh, mRNA scientific planner claimed the company was engaging what was described as direct evolution. So. There was a Project Veritas video that had this executive talking about directed evolution. Well, we know what that is. They just renamed it, and he wanted to ask about it. Look, you know these people and the, these people are doing this. This is what's out there, and uh, I just think it's very, very telling. So I don't want to miss that. But folks, I mean, what we're seeing right now in the planet and in, in the world right now, and again, getting back to what we're talking about with the with the war in the Ukraine, the incompetency. When you have incompetency on full display like we have right now, incompetency on the border, we have we have Mayorkas on the border completely incompetent and incapable of doing anything. I mean, Mayorkas is basically trying to say the border is secure when it's not secure. We know what secure looks like when we see it, and our border is not secure, okay? When you have two and a half million people come over that border in one, in, in I think it's one year, or, or two two years, it was like over 3 million came over that board. Since so Biden's been in office, they've had over 3, 3 million people come over that board that they've released into the in, into America. Now, to put that in perspective, that's more people that are in the state of Alabama, okay, that came over the border illegal. Don't miss that. I believe it's as many people that are in some other states, but it's an amazing amount of people. And you got Mayorkas, which he needs to be he needs to be impeached, okay, is incompetent. So he's out there declaring we have the border secure when it's not. Then we have the incompetent Pete Buttigieg, another man of little brain, who goes out there and says, in spite of the fact that we had uh we had a uh you know, we had a, an expert, a, a real expert from the National Transportation Safety Board, he had Jennifer Amundi saying that uh, that the train derailment would not have been prevented with with these uh with these electric with these uh electronically controlled pneumatic brakes okay when we had pete Buttigieg saying and and and, and others saying well these brakes would have made a difference she said no they wouldn't have. no they wouldn't have and so again we have incompetency up against competency and every time you put competency up against incompetency competency always wins okay it's sort of like picture a football game when you've got you know you've got incompetent players i mean they can't catch the ball. They can't throw the ball. They can't read, and they they read a defense like, you know, like Helen Keller. Okay, uh, you know when they're they they're not going to win very many games. They go up against competent people. So here we have incompetency up against competencies. We have Pete Buttigieg trying to say something and go up against the uh, the uh, the director, if you will, okay, of the national of the National Transportation Safety Board. Okay, so I think that's important. So. She showed him up and said, no, uh, Mr. Buttigieg, uh, you know, we don't need more government regulations, okay? What we needed was more competent people running the train. So perhaps, and I don't know this, but maybe the people running the train weren't competent. Maybe they need more competent people. It could very well be that. I mean, mistakes do happen, but when there were there were three warning signs, from what I understand, three warning signs that were missed. And of course, Pete Buttigieg missed it all, and then Joe O'Biden still doesn't know what happened. So that's another aspect of this. And now you have these same people basically making, uh, uh, that are leading the free world here, comparing, again, comparing this 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 war, if you will, uh, and that, you know, comparing this war in the, in the Ukraine as a, as a Hollywood movie. Okay, so this is what incompetency looks like. When you don't have competent people leading the country or leading the world, then you're going to have a, a spiraling world war out of control. When you don't have you don't have competent people leading, you know, leading this country, then you're going to have no leadership in the world to end this war, okay? Which is a real threat for mankind. And when you see what happened with this train derailment, okay, with 
eight competent people leading, you know, running the train, if you will, or running the, the government, if you will. I mean, you've got people that say we need more government intervention and more government regulations. I guess they're just missing the fact that the people running the train weren't competent. Again, this is what incompetency looks like. Okay. And again, you know, you get to that. And then, of course, you know, you, you talk a little bit about, you know, you talk a little bit about what's going on with the uh, the other aspects like I talked about with, you know, with the, with the, uh, the gain of function. You have incompetent people basically uh, missing the entire thing on this vaccination nation. I mean, people that were demanding vaccination take place and boosters take place. Demanding people get boosted and shot in the first place with this with this vaccination by the same people who developed the virus. So the people that developed the vaccination were the same people who developed the virus. That was my concern, my concern all along. Also, the fact that I had COVID and when I got it, um, I went to the doctor four months later for my, my annual physical and he said, you don't need it now. You already had it. Okay, well, I'm being told by the government, you know, I, I do need it. Well, I, you know, you already had it. So, in other words, these same incompetent people that were leading the war against the virus, trying to out-virus a virus with paper masks, those people, those incompetent people, try to out-virus a virus with stale vaccinations that, that don't work anymore, and boosters that don't work. So those same incompetent people are the same ones that were, that were basically trying to define, uh, you know, what, what the nation had to do to, to stay healthy. I mean, you know, that they're not exactly, I mean, they, there's no way that they couldn't recognize that a shutdown economy was going to hurt every American. You know, they allowed this country, they allowed us all to be sucked into this thing. A hundred million people came down with coronavirus in this country. A half a million died. That's one half of one percent. That was that you know that died from this. Okay, that died as a result. So the fatality rate of COVID in this country was one half of one percent. That was a mortality rate. And when you break it down to age groups, anybody under fifty, okay, the mortality rate was one less. It was less than one quarter of one percent. Okay. So, I mean, understand, folks, that they were forcing vaccination nation on people that weren't going to die from this. This is what was alarming to so many of us. And they were denying, again, natural immunity. So these, these people that were leading the war against the virus with paper masks were denying natural immunity even existed. I mean, this is what incompetency looks like. This is what, this is what a meritocracy is against that. This is a mediocracy. You've got people that are in jobs for reasons other than competency. And whenever a business promotes people into positions for reasons other than competency and achievement, they're going to get less than competency and less than achievement. When you promote people that are innovative and, and take initiative and lead and, and, and are problem solvers and, and get things done, when you promote people like that, you should see and you will see things excel. When you promote people who are incompetent, incapable, but, you know, basically meet another another criteria, whatever criteria you're using for the job, well, then you're going to get whatever that person offers. And, you, I mean, you're going to get incompetence. You're going to get mediocrity. I mean, the opposite of a meritocracy is a mediocrity, and that's what we're looking at. Well, folks, we've got to leave it there. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in today and being with us on this beautiful Saturday afternoon right here on AM Radio, 11 WFYL. See you next week on The Point. See you later on today for our show, The Watchman, as we tune in later. So uh, be with us at 1 p.m. for a great show then as well. See you next week on The Point. I'm Clay Brees. Goodbye for now. <laughs>